passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Post Pro Res. I'm John Pollock, along with WH Park. And before we were setting up to do this show, I was thinking to myself that it's not just been a month since we've done a show because I was not here last month. That was the the big Dylan Fox show. So, WH, it's been a long time since you and I have done a show together, but I'm glad to be speaking with you. Well, we I appeared on a couple of uh, cafes and uh, – That's true. I'm, you were on the Hangout. Smackdown did... review, I think, but you did not live. That's true. But we're going, we're going way back at this point. Oh, yeah. I, that feels like five years ago. The beginning of it January. Does, it? it does, doesn't it? I got to say, uh, shout outs to Dylan Fox for uh, uh, coming through. He, he he was scheduled to be on the show with the three of us all together, but uh, we had to get him on soon. I, maybe, maybe in the next, uh, you know, maybe in the next month or so. I think it'd be great. I mean, he's he's been keeping up with a lot of stuff, like maybe more so than me, as far as watching Japanese wrestling. And there's a lot of Japanese wrestling out there, as we'll talk about. Yeah, well, why don't we just get an update from you? Because certainly uh, Canada, the U.S., it has uh, significantly been impacted over the past two weeks now uh, with the COVID-19 pandemic. But this is something that, I mean, Japan has been handling and dealing with for uh, much longer than that. So what's the latest from uh, just day-to-day life for yourself, WH? Well, it's pretty normal here, John. It's like there's nothing going on in the rest of the world, you know, as far as like how Japan's treating this outbreak of COVID-19. We got it it first because, of course, our proximity to places like China and and South Korea, where it really hit hard. Um, But seemingly we had it under control for for the time that it, it, it arrived in Japan via, you know, people coming in from other places that were infected and including the, um, the, the cruise ship that's, you know, docked at the port of Yokohama that has like about over 400 people who are still infected with it, I think. Um, but I'll, I'll say this, like it kind of really uh, weirds me out about how we're kind of business as usual for the most part. Like there are things closed, obviously, like obviously, um, you know, big gatherings are, are, have been canceled. You know, the Disney and all the other major theme parks have been shut down, things like that. But most restaurants still open, people mm-hmm. still going out. I, I, I went out yesterday for lunch to, a, you know, a grilled barbecue place and it wasn't super busy for lunchtime, but there were still people there. And, and there are things where I'm like, am I, am I doing the right thing going out with my friends? And there was like three of us all together. So I'm, I'm keeping my own social circle very small when I go out. And, and the week before I went down to the port area here in Numazu and, and it, dude, it was busy. I was like freaking out. I was like, what the hell's going on? Why are, why are all these people out here? And then I'm thinking, well, I'm out. What am I doing being out at this time? But yeah, it's weird that it's so normal here. It's, it's interesting to see as well, like where, where everyone's sort of line is because it's, it's impossible not to understand the the urgency behind all of this, but we're like as as people, we're just n- so not equipped for just isolating ourselves from the world. It's not normal. This is not normal circumstances by any means. So, I I mean, I'm questioning that quite a lot. Of you know, I I need to go out every day and just walk for for a bit. And but you've got to mitigate that kind of risk. And it seems that you know people are going to be in different. Uh, economic situations where continuing to run their businesses or to try and keep some kind of normalcy in a completely non-normal time. It almost takes that, you know, you lean on your leadership to maybe have to be in that position to have to flat out state 
what can and cannot be done. And that sort of feels like where we are at the moment in Canada, where it seems like we are one step away from, you know, certain measures being absolutely put in place that say no non-essential businesses can be open at this point. And I feel like that's where maybe things are going, at least here in Canada. I think I have like this unique situation here in the Shizuoka prefecture because we have, as of this recording, uh, three confirmed cases. Only two of them were like from out of out of the prefecture, like people who came into the, uh, you know, from like Nagoya or somewhere else. And then they, you know, became symptomatic while here um, and they've been isolated in hospitals here. But, um, you know, like we're next to the prefecture of like Aichi and Kanagawa. And Aichi is where, you know, Nagoya is and Aichi is uh, and Kanagawa is where Yokohama is. And those those prefectures have, you know, significant larger numbers of infection rates. Um, so it's kind of weird that we're in the middle of these two, you know, kind of not hotbeds, but, you know, places that have significant number of you know, infections compared to Shizuoka. But we're, we've only had three confirmed cases. And I and I and I use that word confirmed, you know, because like I don't know how many actual people are confirmed because Japan is going out of its way, in my opinion, to keep the numbers low in order to kind of try to salvage the Olympics for the, for the summer, which, you know, just my own opinion, I don't think they're happening. I can't imagine them happening. It's to me, like, it seems from like the outside looking in that Japan is at least at a stage right now where it feels like they're dipping their toe back into trying to resume life as normal. And the last thing would be a massive congregation of people from all around the world into Tokyo this summer. That seems completely ludicrous to me. And the only reason would be, again, it's so many of these decisions are weighted by the economics of them. Like all things equal, these Olympics are not happening. The only reason you would be pushing forward is the amount invested of what an Olympics entail. Oh, yeah. And I and I have to feel sorry for a lot of people who've already bought tickets to the Olympics. I think from what I understand, like there's no refunds for people who have bought tickets. Yeah, um, I, I feel for all these people. It's like this is just something like it is a global pandemic and there's no preparation for this. There's no manual on how to necessarily go about uh, life throughout these uh, this period. And maybe the sense of frustration for many is knowing that it's not as though there's some deadline that this ends on this day or things resume at this point. It's all a day-to-day process. As As we look at some companies, and we're going to get into them, like Stardom reopening their doors, some companies that have run throughout this time, where is the – like is that a sense of the the overall feeling at the moment that things are slowly getting back, that Japan is kind of slowly getting out of the woods or do you think that that's kind of premature at this point? I really have a sense of optimism about you know seeing the, the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, here in Japan. Um, I, I've been going to work every day. I haven't lost a single day of work because of this. Um, the parent company where I work at is very, you know, like strange and about, you know, informing people like wash your hands, use soap and, and, and don't go out like in your free time. Like don't, if you're going to go out, do socializing, keep it down to a minimum. But at the same time, I see, you know, people breaking those rules. Like, you know, I get students, I'm saying, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, we're having a drinking party. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, why? And then they're like, oh, it's a welcome party. We've got a new employee joining our team. And I'm like, how many people are going to be at this? Oh, about 10 or 15. I'm like, okay, is that a good idea? But, you know, like, what, what can I say to them? It's like, that's their life. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I don't want you to get infected and then bring it to my office, you know, during our lessons. So it's all of us have to be that person. Like it does kind of force you to have to be that person that sometimes is the kind of the reality check. Like in normal times, like, of course, like that's completely normal to get together with 10 to 15 people. But in this time, I, I think that we need to rely on that kind of thinking, WH, and that kind of reaction. And it's um, not always the most fun person to be, but I do think like we need that. Yeah, I, I tell people like, hey, if you feel sick, don't don't come in here. I, I will get angry at you. I've been very upfront. Like if you cough and it's a dry cough and you're feeling, you know, you got a fever or something and you come here, I, I'm going to be very, very upset and, and like 
I, I will tell their my liaison with the company, like, listen, why is this person in my office? Like, why are they even at work? This is like really bad. But you know, the parent company would probably really, really stringently frown upon anyone who came to work sick. So like most people are self-isolating people who don't feel well, whether they have, you know, the cold or, uh, you know, the regular flu that they just stay home. But still it's, it's, it's very worrisome. When it, I think it was about only people going out. It was only a few weeks ago that we did that, um, that show with uh, Braden and Davey for their, the Patreon and Mike was supposed to join us and he ended up doing it by Skype because he gave us the heads up that day. He, and this is before like everything really went to the next level, but he wasn't feeling well. And he just said, I, I don't think I should come. And I have uh, so much, uh, like I appreciated it so much then. And it's like a hundred times that now I, I would have been furious in hindsight had he just, you know, tried to come and like, that's it. Like you're not, this is not about I'm I'm Mr. COVID-19 tough guy that I can just battle through this. It's other people potentially at risk in all of this that I think we're also, you know, there's probably a, a deeper conversation about this this whole thing. It's about thinking of others as much as yourself. Definitely, definitely. I I I try to maintain like, you know, an, an eye on my own health. You know, sometimes I get like a stuffy nose and I'm like what's what's going on? Is this my allergies acting up? Then I'm just, you know, check the check online for the symptoms. And I'm like, okay, I don't have any of these. It's just, it's my, my eyes are a bit itchy and my nose is a bit runny. It's my allergies. And that's the tough thing also, like allergies are really severe this time of year, John. Mm -hmm. Like, so I feel sorry for a lot of people who can't get masks for like when they normally, you know, get their, their allergies this time of year, when it really hits a peak and like, there's a shortage of those. Like I can, I can buy toilet paper. Thank God I, I can I can buy most food. Like, I don't think there's any shortages of food in the supermarkets. Like, it's easy to find all these things. The only thing that, that is difficult is hand soap and and um, yeah, face masks, which are very common in Japan. But like they're they're, they're constantly running out of stock. And for me, it's not that big of a deal. But like people who have really severe allergies, I really my heart goes out to them. It, it's bizarre. I was thinking about this the other day. Like we're, we're chatting on a Sunday. I have not spent a penny since tuesday i've not bought anything like not spent a penny since tuesday and i mean you look at that at the overall picture like that that is our economy and the the effects of this are just going to be so widespread whenever things you know are back to normal and what is normal even going to look like uh whether it be six months whether it be six weeks from now who knows um i guess we should kind of uh narrow in on it's always a weird transition to go from all of this uh, worldwide uh, effect to kind of our little uh, alcove of professional wrestling. But, you know, this certainly has been like we've had uh, a longer sample size uh, of the Japanese market of how it's been impacted. And I feel that if you are a follower of, of Japanese wrestling from this side of the world, I think you understood the effects of of this pandemic Maybe ahead of some people that, you know, over here were maybe not focusing on it. Like we saw firsthand, like the significance of what it means for New Japan to wipe out all of their shows. Like that is not some minor precaution being taken. That is severe. Um, I mean, just looking at, at the industry, it's going to be um, crippling for, for some industries over there that it's absolutely hand to mouth with surviving on your live gates that – for most companies, have been non-existent. Oh, I, I mean, like the thing with New Japan specifically is like I'm not that worried about them because they are they have a parent company, Bushi Road, who has a lot of money. But the I small mean, they ones, though, are those, those would be the concerning ones, the ones that you know do not have those large companies that, or you know, the the smaller promotions that are just must be struggling so much. Well, we had we had Russell One announce that they're pretty much done, and I got to think that they're going to be done anyways. That's my feeling, but this just kind of like sped up the timetable of them closing down and like and having to say like, yep, we're shutting down operations. All our employees are going to be let go, and like in including a lot of their contracted talent that's going to be free agents from this point going forward. But like, where are they going to go work? That's that's the other thing, right? So, um, New Japan Pacific, they wiped out entire month or two of bookings. Of in terms of like you know their storylines with the New Japan Cup being 
completely lost to them. And and like I, and you you sent me an email like talking about our topics, and you're asking me, do I think that the, the March 31st Sumo Hall show is going to go ahead? I on the surface, I can't imagine trying to run a, a venue that big and with what with like with what storyline. I have no idea what they're going to build towards. It would be a lot of cold matches that. I mean, as much, it would just be New Japan's back. That would be the promotion of the show. Specific to you, I mean, how comfortable would you be going to a wrestling show of any size right now? Uh, not at all. Like, I, you know, two weeks ago, I'm talking with Jojo Remy, and we're talking about going to the November 20th, no, sorry, the March 29th um, Cork and Hall show for Pro Wrestling Noah, which has four title matches only, like, right? Because they had to reshuffle all their booking, and they said, okay, we're just going to do a four-match show. They're all going to be title matches. And, and including the, the GHC title match between Go Shizaki defending against uh, Kazuki uh, Fujita. And, and like two weeks ago, Joe and I are like, oh, let's get tickets. And then he reserved tickets. And then he says, I didn't pay for them because I'm not sure if it's going to go ahead. Okay. And then, you know, a couple of days later, he says, do you want me to, you know, like reserve, try to reserve tickets again? And I said, no, because the thought was, John, like, I think it's going to get canceled. And then, as we get closer to it, like I talked to him yesterday and we were like, I don't think the show's getting canceled. He's like, neither do I. And then we're like, do you want to go? And I said, I don't want to go anymore. Cause like, I don't feel it's going to be safe. Cause, and he's like, yeah, like, cause we were watching kind of like clips from the DDT show that just ran. And there's a lot of people there, John. Yeah. And I just think, I just see all these people like gathered together and I'm looking at what's happening outside the world. And it's not like Japan's closed its borders. They haven't. And, and I'm just thinking, is this a good idea? And I'm like, no, it's not. Like, I don't blame DDT for running a show necessarily. I mean, at the same time, they're also owned by a parent company that has a lot more money than, than Bushirodo does, like that cyber agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, do I feel comfortable being in Cork and Hall with, with you know, potentially more than 200 people? Like, no, I, I'm not going. I'm not going to any wrestling show for the foreseeable future, John, I'm, I'm more than fine watching it at home. And, and that's like another question in all of this. It's just the idea of being able to run shows for fans again. Is there going to be that lag of the public being willing to go to shows? And that, that goes for all sports and entertainment out there. Is there going to be that, that caution for several months that eh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to watch this basketball game on TV. I'm not really ready to um, spend money at the moment. That's another factor for that. That's going to come out of this as well. So you know, as, as of now, new Japan has not uh, canceled that March 31st show, but it's um, uh, to, to me, it's, it's definitely a, a question mark and whether there's going to be a show or not then and and when they can get back to normal. They were also set to put tickets on sale for the uh, Wrestling Dynasty card this summer at Madison Square Garden. You would have to wonder what are the prospects uh, of doing that at the moment and uh, potential restrictions when it comes to travel. Like, will talent even be able to come over here by that point? Like, uh, so many questions that uh, not a whole lot of answers at the moment. Well, a lot of the shows, like you know, that are running Corkin and smaller venues, they they're saying that they're gonna check your temperature. If your you know your temperature is over what thirty seven degrees Celsius, uh, you're not gonna be allowed in. They're gonna give out free masks, and this is like all Japan stated this. Stardom has stated this. I can imagine DDT stated this as well. Are they gonna do that for a crowd the size of a venue for for Sumo Hall? I, I don't see how that is like feasible they could open the they'd have to open the doors and tell people to start coming in at like 10 a.m this to do a six o'clock start john and i don't want to be in sumo hall for six fucking hours before like before a four-hour show potentially that's that's insane to me yeah and i mean obviously for for something of, of that magnitude i mean how equipped are they to be just taking people's temperatures uh, of that volume and making sure all safety precautions are in place for something like that. Um, I, I, there, there is not a chance in the world I would be attending a show anywhere in the world right now. No, I, I, I wouldn't go to like the smallest venue possible. And and like one of the smallest venues in, in Japan, John, is uh, I think it's uh, what's the name of it? Ichigaya Factory, like where, where Gato Move runs. And I'm, I'm looking at Cage Match, and, and they've been having shows there, and they have like you know, listed 200 people at these shows. I'm like, that's insane. I, I can't imagine wanting to be in 
that small of a venue, that close together with so many other people watching a wrestling show. I don't care how much you love that sh- that company. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, I think that there is a, a lot of understanding of, of different, you know, performers that are in awful predicaments, companies that are so reliant on trying to push through in all of this. But um, to me, you just uh, have to look at the overall picture and it's, okay, do we have to, like, everybody has to take some kind of immediate hit. It's unfortunate, but it seems that the ultimate safety precaution is to do so now so that we can curb this as much as possible. Um, For those that maybe are not familiar, who are some of the companies that have been running uh, throughout this time? Well, I think the big one has to be Big Japan Pro Wrestling. They have not really lost any step. They've been running shows, um, even, you know, no cancellations with the, you know, the COVID-19 outbreak in Japan. And they haven't even doing like empty arena shows. They've, they've had fans at their shows, you know, from for the entire time. And to me, that tells me that they cannot afford not to run shows, that if they don't run these shows and get at least some you know, revenue from the live gate that they're probably going to go out of business, which is really shocking to me because they tend to seem to be one of the more successful, like independent pro, you know, promotions in the country. Yeah. Um, it, it makes you wonder as well that, you know, we, we've talked about it on previous episodes, the companies that have now secured like larger ownership and how much that's um, a bit of a safety net for some of these companies. And, you know, that that kind of dovetails with all of the discussion about All Japan over the last little while about, you know, does this does this make them, you know, re- reassess and 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 look for that kind of, you know, financial backing of a WWE, of a, a company that uh, c- can support them in what are going to be lean times? Well, outside of Big Japan, like DDT, have run shows uh like with with audiences uh, uh dragon gate just did a show i think in kobe yeah, that was it's, it's uh, already available up. on youtube yeah. yeah and and they you know like most of the smaller joshi pro promotions have run shows with fans attending them like not huge numbers but still i think anything over 50 even 50 i to me like i'm being very paranoid about this but like anything over 100 i think you're really you know taking a chance with like potential you know exposure rates to to people on the roster and to to the fans themselves so it's it's been pretty crazy but i i think noah's going ahead they noah just did a, a small house show in preparation for next week's cork and hall show now the big question is, is like, you know, and seemingly all Japan is going to go ahead with the Champion Carnival. And that tells me like they can't afford not to run the Champions Carnival and get some revenue themselves. But the big question would be for me, what New Japan does, you know, on the 31st and going forward with you know, the upcoming Best of the Super Juniors tournament. What are they going to do for those? Yeah, what is what, and we'll get into this with the Champion Carnival, but what will the status be of uh, foreigners that, that were going to be coming over? Is is that going to be uh, even possible? And to me, like the reason I, I look at that March 31st date from New Japan is that I think if they go ahead with that, I think everyone follows suit. I think that New Japan is really going to be the, the, the trendsetter of whether shows should be running or not because if they run Sumo Hall, empty arena or not – I think that that's going to kind of give the okay to all the other companies to go ahead and follow the the, the leader in New Japan. And you got to think that they're going to cut a lot of the foreign talent coming over because unless they already live in Japan, like people like Juice Robinson and people like, you know, Zach Sabre Jr., like Will Ospreay lives in Japan, but he's back in the UK. So if he comes back, he has to put himself into, you know, self-quarantine for, for 14 days minimum. And, you know, like they might... They might ask him, hey, can you come back two weeks before that date and see how you feel? Like, again, like you talked about this on on your shows with Way, John. Like, why are people like I wouldn't risk traveling, getting on a train and an airplane, especially at this at this time. You know, I to me, traveling is just insane to, to like even ask people to come here like on an airplane would be so irresponsible to not only those performers, but to the people in the audiences that they're going to serve because you don't know what can happen between them leaving their house to the time they get to like Narita airport or Haneda airport. So it's to me just, if you're going to run the carnival, I'm sorry for all those talents who live outside of Japan, but I, 
cancel their bookings and reshuffle the the format of of the tournament itself and just go with people who are already here and who are not uh who are not showing any signs of infection yeah and i mean flights being uh, affected to me that's you know something that you have to be expecting in, in all of this i mean even even domestically that you know it's that that could be the a very real possibility when it comes to the shows that, that have been running. Do you have any overall impressions of some of the uh, empty arena settings and how different companies have been handling this and just your, your own opinions of the empty arena shows? Well, I think the most significant one that I've seen clips of, I haven't seen the entire show, but the, the DDT show that ran in uh, Saitama super arena, which was completely empty. And I think the thing about DDT, because of the nature of their product, which, you know, leans towards a lot of comedy that they play into it a lot. And like they're trying to make things fun for the performers on these shows and also for the, the, the audience that's watching at home on, on, on DDT Universe. So I think they've been doing a good job of like kind of playing into it. Now, obviously, that 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 point is kind of moot because they're running shows in front of audiences at, at Corkin at least um but i i did watch the entirety of the the storm show from Corkin hall uh no people gate and and they really played into it as well and i thought they did a really good job of it i you know i i thought there was a actually you know there's a benefit to having seconds in, in japanese professional wrestling john because yes. Those seconds create a lot of the noise that you would normally hear from the audience members. And also, I have to give a shout out to like Jushin Thunder Liger, who was doing commentary for for a lot of these matches. And he was just like doing his best to like trying to participate, being the de facto audience for these wrestlers. And Can, and can I just a, correct you? You uh, misrepresented WWE Hall of Famer Jushin Thunder Liger. Oh, sorry. Like. I forgot about that. He's going into that that sham of a Hall of Fame. Okay, sure. That had WWE to have been Hall the Thunder. quickest uh, announcement versus uh, there. There's no way that Hall of Fame is happening. Uh, WrestleMania weekend for for Liger. Like it was literally he was announced that morning, and by the end of the day, everyone realized there there would be no Hall of Fame, or at least Liger would not be able to attend. So uh, it looks like they're gonna push that off. Yeah, I think. Like Georgia Smith, David Boy Smith's daughter said, like it's going to move to SummerSlam, right? Yeah, that's what she was like um, throwing out there as as a possibility. I, I don't even know if they've really set a, a plan in motion. Like certainly that's something that they can just plop onto a, a future weekend. Where you know, in light of like WrestleMania this year, I think you just put all your eggs into. Uh, another big weekend, P- providing SummerSlam is able to run as planned this year. I mean, that's just th- there's way too many unknowns to really be able to even even plan at this point. But 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 Liger at this starting show, John, like there's a point where like you know he's interacting directly with with Mayu Itani during and after her match, and and she, you know like, like he's doing his best to like create a, a an atmosphere that there's actually people in this venue of Cork and Hall, like outside of the photographers and the production crew that are, that are there. But like, I, I thought that show was really, really good. And like the top three matches, um, the, the Tokyo cyber squad versus Den- Donna Del Mondo tag match was, was fun. Uh, I, I thought the, the tag team title match between B Priestley and Jamie Hader, the current goddess of stardom tag team champions versus Queens quest team of Utami Hayashishida and Momo Tanabe was, was excellent. I thought it was one of my favorite tag matches I've seen this year. And I it, thought that Priestley, the early front runner for empty arena wrestler of the year. I mean, I, I just watched two great matches with B Priestley this week between this and, and the Will Ospreay match on the Russell talk show. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I haven't seen that match, but like I heard it was a is a good match. Like obviously she's in there with with Osprey, her boyfriend. Uh, so she's good. But I, you know, like she's become a really good wrestler. I feel. Let, let like, me just add, if if you weren't aware that Will Osprey and B Priestley were uh, dating, uh, the announcers during that Wrestle Talk show they did not. They made sure that that was uh, absolutely clear multiple times. <laughs> I listened to the review from from uh, BWE this week, and and it, I, I I'm like I have to watch this show just just so I can experience this uh, wonderful commentary from Alex Shane and whoever the uh, the other person is for this show. But um, yeah, definitely B Priestley's having quite a run in empty arena matches, so good good on her. But um, we'll talk about this with the with the Cinderella tournament, um, you know, portion of the show. But like she's in England, obviously, so she can't come back 
to be in this tournament because she'd have to go into quarantine, obviously, mm-hmm. once she arrives in Japan. So, like, I think they just told her, don't don't bother. We'll just have this tournament without you. Jamie Hayter, she's in it. She's still in Japan. She hasn't gone back to the UK. So it's fine for her to be participating in it. But uh, that is a great show, the Mayu Iwatani Saki Kashima main event. It was okay. It was, it was I thought a lot, a lot of stupid stuff in there. There's one point, John, where... Like Saki, like just knocks her from that middle part of the, you know, the, the orange seat section of Corican, and she Mayu just rolls down the entire stairs down to the bottom. And I was just like, she's done this spot before. I hate it every time she does it. Wow, the crowd ate it up though. They they were going uh, insane for everything she did. That was like really high risk and dangerous. And that's the other thing is like people are doing these really insane spots in front of no people, and I'm just like why like just save it for and not just in japanese wrestling but like in wrestling in general but hey you know it is what it is but i thought that show was overall a really fun show to watch i urge people if yet if you don't if you haven't watched stardom it's free on youtube go watch it it and just if you don't have a lot of time which i i can't believe i'm saying that i'm sure a lot of people have lots of time watch the last three matches and that's all you you need to really get a sense of and the kind of the quality of the promotion. Yeah, Pr- Priestley and Hater have really good like mannerisms about them. I-, I think like they really gel together. I noticed it at the Stardom show we went to back in January, and I just think they, I, I think B Priestley uh, has improved greatly over the past year uh, as well in this. And you know, um, Hayashishita and Momo Watanabe. It was, yeah, it was it was a really entertaining match, ending with a. Uh, 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 Priestley using uh, the Kamagoye and then the Japanese Ocean Suplex uh, after a V-Trigger. So 13 minutes and 40 seconds it went. That was the only match I saw on this card. I did not see the rest. But the Cinderella tournament, they are going to be streaming it on, on YouTube Tuesday morning. Is it just the opening round matches that are on YouTube? That's kind okay. of how- Yeah, so it's the opening round matches, um, which is like, like eight, 16 people. So it's eight matches. Eight matches, yeah. They're gonna they're gonna stream those on YouTube for free, and then everything else is gonna be available on Stardom World. Right. From, so like the quarterfinals, semifinals, and the finals will be available by midnight of the same day in Japan, and an English subtitle version of the um, pre-match pronos for the first round only will be available on uh, on Stardom World about a week later. And and I, I guess I can say like tentatively I'm scheduled to review this with uh, Davy Portman for uh, uh, the uh, up next uh, Patreon I think so oh, okay, I've been talking right. to him about it about doing uh, something with them help help out you know create some extra content for them I, and seemingly Davy has a, a, a lot of time on his hands unfortunately because of his work situation but yeah so listen keep an eye I I out for announcement about that I might I'd be doing a review with Davy hopefully yeah, we'll, we'll plug that on time. on the site and it's uh, Patreon.com/slash up next up nxt if you're not familiar uh that that'll be a great show with, with you guys so that's airing tuesday on youtube uh 5 30 a.m eastern time 6 30 p.m in japan the first uh eight matches of the tournament which we have uh momo watanabe versus starlight kid julia versus jungle kiona azumi versus konami shuri versus jamie hater Tam Nakano versus Saki Kashima, Natsuko Tora versus Saya uh, Kamatani, Utami Hayashishida versus Maika, and Hanakamura versus Mayu Iwatani. So this is always I always love this tournament each year. It's uh, uh especially when they have the uh subtitled promos. I think they always do a really great job of that setting up the personalities if you're not familiar with certain ones and you know, a tournament format, it's very easy to digest. Yeah, I I love it because all the matches are 15 minutes. Yeah, it's time limits. You know, it's like if you have uh, limited time, which for some they do, for some they don't. At this uh, this current juncture, it's not uh, it's not a gigantic uh, time commitment. They are very very mindful of people's time, and I always appreciate companies like that. Yeah, I, I think you know from this first round, I, I think all these matches are are pretty interesting and, and have a lot of potential like Momo versus Starlight Kid. That's not really a singles match you see too often. I think that should be really, really good. Um, from I'm just scrolling down the, I wrote a preview, John, I'm going to have it up on the site soon. Uh, uh, Konami versus Azumi. I think that should be really good. Uh, Shuri, uh, Shuri Kondo, you know who she is. Like she, she did a UFC match, didn't she? Yeah. Um, 
Yes, yes. She's done the MMA before, yes. Well, like she she's taking on Jamie Hayter. I think that's that's going to be a good match. Um let's see what else what's one more. I think the uh the High Sheeta versus Micah uh match should be really good and like Mayu versus Hana is always a, a good match. These two have like great chemistry with one another. But yeah, I did write a preview. I'm just like kind of editing it down and then I'm going to submit it to you and then we'll have it up on the site probably hopefully before Tuesday of you know Japanese time. Perfect. Yeah, look forward to that. Um looking ahead to the Champion Carnival, uh you've also written a preview for that. I mean, one thing in all of this, I mean, we get more WH Park previews, which is always a treat for everybody. Yeah, I have, I have some time on my hands. I'm not going out. I'm still going to work, but like I don't really go out. Like I come finish work, come home weekends, maybe meet a friend or two. But that's but most of the time I'm I'm home. So I thought I'll write a preview for this. Like you know I like doing these things. So here you go, John. There you go. But yeah, the the Champions Carnival. I I think this this might potentially be uh, out of date. Well, it's currently scheduled to start April 6th and run through May the 5th and yeah I could I could definitely foresee some uh talent adjustments in all of this when they rolled out the names uh we had in the A block Kento Miyahara, Zeus, Shuji Ishikawa, Yoshitatsu, Yuma Aoyagi, Kai, Joel Redman, uh Shigehiro Irie, Taga- Takashi Sugiura and then in the B block Suama, Jake Lee, Ryoji Sai, WH's part- pick Gianni Valletta, Hideyoshi Kamatani, Iyato Yoshida, Lucas Steele, Davy Boy Smith Jr., Tajiri, uh, and that rounds out uh, the A and B block. So, yeah, I could definitely foresee um, se- several of these performers unable to uh, participate here, but uh, the tournament itself is still scheduled on All Japan's calendar. Yeah, um, like to me, A block is is amazing. B block is good, but A block just kills it. Primarily for the inclusion of, you know, Noah's uh, Takashi Sugiera, the current GHC national champion. At the age of 49, John, this man is a better worker than a, than about a, one third of the other participants in this in this tournament. But by, by the way, when it comes to uh, uh, the the seniors in Japan, uh, I don't know if you saw uh, Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak's warm up on SmackDown, where they're <laughs> you know uh, do, doing like the traditional warm up that you'd see. Uh, Nagata and Nakanishi do, but Nagata chimed in and said, this is not good. And Daniel Bryan did apologize. I did see both the, a GIF of, uh, of uh, uh, Bryan and, and Gulak doing the warm-up, and I just thought it was tremendous. By the way, it's one of the few things I like in the WWE right now. Those two and, and Jack Gallagher. Do tattoo and all, John. I, I I thought he was really great in that ten man tag on two hundred five live a couple of weeks ago. The only good empty arena match I've seen from the WWE, you know, just as an aside there. Uh, the the recent tag match. Yeah, the ten man tag I thought was really really good. Oh, the ten man on two hundred five live. Sorry, I thought you meant the uh, the Brian tag. Yeah, it's um, I haven't been following a, a lot of two hundred five live, but to me, Brian and Gulak. I think had you done that elimination chamber match was it was great. It was my favorite match on that show. I think that if if you had done that in an empty arena, certainly you lose something, but I, I don't think it loses a ton. Like if those two had done that style of match, fifteen minutes, I think I really would have been into that. I think if you don't play up to the fact that there's no people in the audience and you just have a wrestling match, like which is what I think was beneficial for this the stardom show, then. It becomes less awkward if you just like point out, oh, there's nobody in the audience. But you know, don't like promos are one thing, but the actual matches themselves should be just done as if they're they're wrestling in front of an audience and they have the same intensity and the same purpose of winning the match as you normally would. So to me, that ten man tag match had that like a lot of these empty arena matches that I've seen in Japan also have that kind of you know feel to them, which is what I make. Which makes them feel like natural to me in, in a lot of respects. Yeah, I think if you can go – like we, we've seen matches that work, matches that don't work. But I think uh, especially in the case of like a Brian Gulak, for instance, you replicate a fight as much as possible. I think it kind of lends itself to you're kind of watching with like your, your the, the eyes of like a sports contest and 
to me, seeing some of the UFC fights that they did in Brazil in an empty arena, like I have no hang up watching fights with an empty arena, uh, whether that's just I'm used to it from past seasons of Ultimate Fighter or it's just you're more focused on just what they're actually doing. They're not playing to a crowd. It It's less of a hang up. I, I think sports would have that advantage that uh, you're, you're missing something with a crowd not there, but it doesn't. So much about pro wrestling is centered on playing to the crowd that if you can mitigate that, it can work. And we've also seen others like on the Russell Talk Show, if you watch, like they, you know, th- there's ways to make it work as given the circumstances. I, I thought, actually, I watched Dynamite this past week, John, believe it or not. And and I thought they did a really good job by having some of the roster members out in the audience, like, you know, cajoling the, the people in the ring, like, you know, NJF and, 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 uh, 10 guy and uh and i think there was one point where joey janela and coca banner are doing like the, the the tarzan boy song when when jungle boy is wrestling i yeah. thought that was kind of funny i thought you know outside of like you know like some of these older dudes being in the audience i thought that's a good idea you know i don't want to get into this because i think you and we already talked about it i haven't listened to the dynamite review yet but i was just thinking why is jake roberts here why is Tully Blanchard here why is jr here what you can't like just let, let them stay home Oh, so why are they getting on planes for this shit? Wayne, I definitely asked those questions if you have not listened to our Dynamite review. But uh, getting back to the Champion Carnival, um, it, it's kind of hard to like forecast uh, much here because uh, you don't know what might change here. And I mean, also taking into account like, you know, we, we're just we're literally talking about, you know, the, the age of certain people. I mean – there, there is a responsibility, I think, on the promotion as well to, to look at, at this and say, is this the best idea to not just push forward with a show, but an entire month-long tournament at the same time? Um, so I'm looking at the I, – I wrote all the ages of the participants. Yeah. Tajiri is 49. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sagira is 49. Sagira is, is 49. Suwama's 43. Uh, Ishikawa is 44. Yoshitatsu, uh, 42. 42. And then it's the others are kind of like- sub-40s. Sub, uh, but, um, you know, not, nonetheless, it's it's still something that it's potentially, like, you're traveling. It's not like they're all – they're staging these in one central location the entire time. There's travel mixed into all of this. There is, you know, again, it's like – it's physical contact. It's um, – it's a it's something I'm having a struggle in kind of just overlooking at this point, like at a time when we are being so adamant about avoiding shaking hands and like all of this. And here we're watching pro wrestling. So I think that that's it's certainly a hang up for me in all of this. Yeah, I mean, my pick to win the whole thing, John, is Segura at the age of 49. And he's still going to do Noah shows, you know, when he's not doing the Champions Carnival. So... I mean, I also pick him to be the one to de- to win the carnival, get a title shot at Miyahara, and actually dethrone Kento and become the new <laughs> Triple Contra. I mean, that's my prediction. And if that's their plan, I don't see why they would change that. But, you know, Sigar, beyond being 49 years old, this man has a his- history of heart problems. So I don't know how smart it is, it is for him to be wrestling, like, with the frequency he, he is – in the best of circumstances, let alone with, you know, a, a disease that a virus that, you know, attacks your respiratory system. Of the names here, um, who could you like guys that are traveling in like Davy Boy Smith Jr., Lucas Steele, Joel Redman. He's not based in Japan now, is he? No, no, he's still in the UK. Like all these guys are are out of the country, as far as I know. I know, like Lucas Steele worked that Russell Talk show. He was on the Russell Talk show. Uh, um, Davy Boy Smith's been doing like MLW. I don't know if those all have been pre-taped or not. Um, well, he, he's he's here in North America, so he's not in Japan. Okay, Valletta, I would assume is is back in Malta right now. Because um, I don't think they're paying for any of these guys is just to stay in hotel rooms with like without working so i don't think anyone who's not in that japanese native has been has been in the country so honestly john like anyone from europe i would just say forget it like so that's valetta out unfortunately for him i like i'm not gonna speak on my own personal feelings about like his, him as a performer but like i feel sorry for the guy like he he has he's losing a big payday here um like yeah everyone steel dave boy smith jr all of them, I think they're going to get just canceled. Like, I, I don't think 
it's responsible, especially with like countries like the United States and the UK who seemingly don't have this under control or aren't taking the proper measures like as a, as a nation to curb like, you know, the coronavirus, like I think it's completely responsible to bring these people in and you, you need to take them out and just reshuffle your booking plans. And, you know, they've had, you know, more than a month to do this. So like, I, I would think there's no excuse not to do it. You know, John? Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I think that, um, all precautions, uh, should be taken and, you know, I'm kind of at the point right now where I think a lot of these companies, the ones that are going to run, they're, you know, they're adamant about doing them. They're not forced not to. What What is the safest way possible? Like WWE, they're adamant about doing WrestleMania. At least they are taping stuff in advance and trying to get it done in a reasonable amount of time. Are you, most years, I would not even bother asking you this question because I think I would know the answer. But this year, out of just sheer curiosity, are you going to watch any of WrestleMania either night? No. No, I, I think it's a complete farce, and I think it's just stupid to run it. I think they should have postponed it. And, John, I saw clips of that fucking dork, Gronk. I don't know who the fuck he is. I know – I've heard his name. I don't watch the NFL. I'm not familiar. I don't know how great of a football player he is. But I saw him come down that fucking ramp, and he's doing this stupid dance, and I'm thinking, is this guy thinking he's like fucking like Alex Wright, you know, Das Wonderkind? Because he's doing a poor imitation of that fella. Because Alex Wright is a great, is a great, great dancer and wrestler. Gronk is just a complete dork, and if nothing else, that completely turned me off to wanting to watch two nights of this fucking guy. No, fuck no. Oh, that's that, that's what I need during this time. I I needed a WH Park rant, and Gronkowski was your perfect target. So I'm so glad I I was able to provide that for all of our listeners. Thank you, WH. Oh, you're welcome. I'm I'm here to uh, you know, try to provide some normalcy. Uh, John. WrestleMania, I, I don't even think about like how stupid that 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 whole idea of running it still at the PC. Uh, anyways, well, that everyone uh, is there. A, a, any other final thoughts? I mean, what is what is keeping you busy re- wrestling wise? Is there any other stuff that you've been checking, or are your days still pretty like like you're working and stuff? So it's not like you have this abundance of uh, free time. But anything in, in in lieu of you know a lot of Companies running is there anything you've been checking out uh yeah just watching more movies and tv shows on netflix uh i am re-watching the first season of altered carbon have you ever watched that john no i have not that's a really good sf show like this this concept of transferring your consciousness to different bodies in the future is, is really cool there's two seasons and they just released the anime i watched the the uh like kind of companion anime it was like like just under two hours. Fantastic. I, I really recommend watch the first season. If you like that, go ahead with the second season. They, they changed the main actor. Cause like he can, his, the, the main character Takeshi Kovacs can like, you know, transfer his consciousness into different bodies. So the first season is an actor by the name of Joe Kinnaman. Who people might know from, uh, da, 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 uh, uh, he was the, the Robocop remake. And then the, the second actor to play the same character in a different body is, uh, Anthony Mackie, who's the Falcon in the MCU. So I thought both those guys were really good in playing the same character sort of and then there's an anime called resleeved that that's kind of setting on a planet that's supposed to be tokyo it's an entire planet of tokyo john like that how fucking cool is that that sounds wonderful that sounds that sounds like a great recommendation i have not been able to dive into anything on on netflix this has actually been a, a pretty busy week and it's uh also adjusting to a completely different work schedule so um I don't know. Maybe I'm going to have more time on my hands in the in the weeks to come. Granted, uh, this could be going on for for a while. So uh, maybe WH will, will be chatting um, sooner than later. I hope. I hope on our next show we have uh, more uh, to discuss. Although there was really a quite a plentiful amount of topics uh, on this month's show, but uh, we'll we'll definitely have you back uh, maybe sooner than later. I definitely think there's going to be a lot to talk about with all these new shows running, John. I'm, I'm hoping most of it's good news. I hope there's no bad news, but I definitely think there's going to be more to watch and and consume and and have and have thoughts about in in the coming months for sure. Well, if I uh, if New Japan runs its uh, sumo hall card, maybe we'll uh, we'll get together shortly after that. So uh, I'm glad things are you know at least uh, I'm hoping making a, a turn for the better. I'm glad you're safe, WH, and that things uh, eventually. Return to normal. It feels like a, a long time ago that things were such, and it's been uh, 
man, this is going to be an era that we we talk about for for years and years. When we are old, we are going to be asked about living through this time period. I feel. Can Can I just say one thing before we go, John? Is that I want to I want to thank you and Way for a lot of the amazing content you guys have been putting. That that you know, I know a lot of people have said this already, but the the the, the hangout with with Benno, it's fantastic. But but with Dr. Alex Patel, that was really reassuring to me, like about like, OK, the what's true and not true about, you know, the, the coronavirus going around. And I, I and Wade did that that show with uh, one of the listeners who's also a, a counselor, uh, Ahmed. But Ahmad, I thought yeah. that was a that was a really good show as yep. well. And I really enjoyed hearing that. And I just like you guys, you guys are trying to find the, you know, the, the levity in a lot of the things that are going on in in terms of what's happening in wrestling and, and MMA and and I appreciate listen, being able to listen to it and and just and just feel a sense of normalcy and get updates about what's happening in Toronto. That's my hometown. Like you guys are a big source of for me of like okay, what's Toronto been like and what's the kind of you know the the, the mood been there? Like I talked to Mike Murray of obviously I've been talking to Davey a lot. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of free time on his hands and just other friends it, it, back home in my family, of course, as well. And, and things seem okay for my circle of you know people in toronto but like it's just something that i cling on to as a way to keep you know up to date with what's happening back home well i I really appreciate that um you know we we've been very fortunate to have um some very qualified people that have been willing to come on and and speak with us because you know it's it's such a big thing at this at this point for me where you know wrestling i understand it's a distraction for a lot of people but i think we'd um, be doing a disservice not to be focusing on some of the the major events that are affecting everyone at the moment. So I hope we're striking that balance for everybody. Uh, we're trying our best. So WH, uh, thanks so much uh, just for taking some time out to uh, to chat. It's uh, oh, it was just great to to catch up and chat with you because as I was saying earlier, it's been uh, it's been a bit since we've uh, done a show together. So I always I always enjoy sitting down and hearing about uh, your thoughts about Rob Gronkowski or anything else. Same here, John. Same here. All right. Give the man a follow. WH Park, the number nine on Twitter. And uh, look out at postwrestling.com. He's got that Champion Carnival preview up on the site, which as of right now is in place. And he will have a preview of the Cinderella tournament. And later on this week, he will have a review with Davey Portman that, again, you can check out on their Patreon, patreon.com slash up next. That's it for us. Have a great one.